0: Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode of Liberty Road. We're so excited to have you here with us today. We're turning the tables just a bit. Today, I'm actually being interviewed by my good friend, Wendy Eiler of Goodbye Crop Top. She is going to dig in and ask me the questions that I ask so many people. So I'm both excited and a little bit nervous. I don't know what's going to come out, but we'll see. Wendy, thanks for hanging out with me.
1: Yeah. Welcome to the other side, Netta. Yeah. A little, a little nervy. A little it nervy. A little yeah. Nervy. My show today, lady. My yes, show today. Is. Yes it is. <laughs> I'll go easy on you, Netta.
0: Please, I'll go easy on please. you. Please, really. Actually, don't go easy because you know okay. what? I think a lot of the things that you and I are going to talk about are a lot of the things that we know our listeners, my listeners, your listeners are curious about. And as two women in midlife, we've we've kind of been there, done that. So so go for it.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, (laughs) thanks for having me on your show to interview you. I'm so honored to be here and it's super fun. I'll do anything with you any day, any minute, every second of every hour. So I'm happy to be here with you. I have... Uh, quite a few questions, so pardon me if I look down at my list. Yeah, because you know how the brain gets in midlife, whether we like it or not. <laughs> I can't remember even why I'm here with you today, so you may have yeah. to guide me back. All right, okay. so let's dive in. I'm really curious because um, everyone asked me this question too. Like, what did you do before launching the Liberty Road podcast?
0: So I'll I'll be quick about that. But I spent 10 years in marketing um, post college with little bits of time in public relations and in advertising, but uh, so in communications, let's say. And really wanted to do, this is really funny, but wanted to do work in developing countries with women. Mm-hmm. That was what I thought my my, my call to working with women w- was going to be. No, and, it's not too um, late. That's still there. For no, you. it's, it's yeah. not too late. Okay. And <clears throat> I found myself very strangely in – in Prague <laughs> and brought back some uh, glass from some fe- a female group of glassblowers there. And this is when trade with Eastern Bloc countries, we don't even say that anymore, right? But was, was coming open. And so I thought, oh, how cool to bring some products from, from these women uh, to the West, to the US specifically. So did that, that was my first entrepreneurial venture. And then from there, Long story short, the glassblowers actually came and established their own presence in the U.S. and asked if I wanted to come alongside and work for them. But I didn't. I really wanted to have my own company. So from there, moved back to New York City. I was in L.A. at the time. So what year is that? So that's uh, 99. Okay, late 90s. Okay. All right. Yeah. uh, Moved back to uh, New York City with my college roommate we decide that we're going to launch a platform on this weird newfangled thing called the WWW. And um, people were gonna try and buy product from us. And what we did was we looked to a lot of our friends who were creatives in fashion design, product design, in beauty industry, and who were really good at being creative, but were not necessarily as good at marketing themselves or on the business side. She had come from product development. I had come from marketing. So together we built a platform called Ned and Shell, which I always say sounds like uh, two Jewish men selling bagels, but it wasn't. (laughs) It was us, Netta and Michelle. And the model looked a lot like Etsy. So we gave real estate to each of these women in what we called our style co-op and they could sell product we did all the drop shipping we did all the marketing we um invited all the the publicists to come if the magazines back in the day they actually physically came to a place and yeah. looked at product and then days. they would write about uh, yeah they would write <laughs> about the brands and then uh, from there grew a wholesale division we had about 40 women at any given time in the style co-op wow and we took kind of the 10 the top 10 those who could really produce and manufacture at scale. We took them to market and would sell to Nordstrom, Anthropology, you name it. Then I had three babies, she had two babies. I moved back west and kind of the, the the business, the real revenue was coming from our wholesale division and that meant a lot of travel. And at that point I just decided that's not what I wanted to do that I had grown somewhat tired of the retail wholesale game. And when we first launched, the part I really loved was telling the stories of the women in the style co-op. And each of their pages had this sort of bio piece to it. So we decided to wrap this up with a pretty bow. So we wrote a book called 16 Weeks to Your Dream Business. We tossed out a a kind of outline to McGraw-Hill. They said yes. So they published it for us. And that meant um, a very modified book Junket. So we were going to Barnes and Noble, we were going to different women's conferences, speaking, being on panels, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm on fire for this, this is awesome. We're telling women, how to launch their businesses. And you know, Wendy, we know because we've seen this, now talking about entrepreneurship is it you're a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are doing mm-hmm. it. Back then, it was a really unique thing to be talking about it um, and to be providing tools for it. It still was something for outliers. So I'm almost to the end. Um of the first no, question. I love it. I knew none of this about you. So I'm yeah, no, it is, it, yeah. it's kind of funny to recall it too. Yeah. So coming off of Nut and Shell having written the book, I knew I had a very short window before the book was old news. So I had to use the book as a platform to launch something else. So because I was so excited about entrepreneurship and all the opportunities that were given during the book tour. I decided my next move would be to have a conference for entrepreneurial women. We called it LTD 365, which was Live the Dream Every Day. And the idea was that women could come to this conference, listen to you know keynote speakers, go into breakout sessions, learn more specific things about launching, growing, ideating uh, their business, and then connect with a lot of the tools and resources they needed. So we had big sponsors there, Wells Fargo was literally opening up bank accounts. HP was training people to use technology. It was awesome, it was Mm -hmm, fantastic. mm -hmm. Did that for three years, two years live, one year online. And then my family ran into a health crisis. Um, And so the way we decided to deal with that was to take a year off. I pulled my three littles out of school and I homeschooled. If you know me, you know I'm not a homeschooler.
1: Wow, that's impressive.
0: And we traveled all through the United States to sort of pack in some memories. Everything's okay. Everybody's okay. But it was what we needed to do as a family. And when I came back and settled back in, um, I sort of became an accidental consultant because the years of doing the conference and the book led to a lot of people asking me if they could meet with me and if I could consult with them. That became a great sort of career move for the next Few years while I was doing the mom thing, which is something I chose to do to spend more time doing that, and then we're here. And I know you're going to ask me questions about what here is, so I won't get ahead of myself. But yeah, that's what I did before. About here, (laughs)
1: liberty. Well, there's so much there. I mean, first of all, you make me feel better about all my, (laughs) you know, shifts (laughs) and changes. Also started out in marketing and you know, advertising in the whole world. So I I mean, I think what I really grasped onto there was what you loved about what you did before or a big mm. chunk of that was telling women's stories and talking to women. Yeah. So here yeah. you are.
0: Here I am. I mean, Absolutely. right? It's the best
1: yeah. part. And so yeah. that actually gives me goosebumps. So it it took a different form, but, you know, I think the most important form because I think the more people in general, but women, especially in our genre, we're in the same, you know, sort of space here that tell their stories and wear their battle scars and speak about it, the better. So that's so interesting. So I'm glad to see you extracted something from that you <laughs> yeah. loved and that you're very good at because I've oh, been thanks. on your podcast on the other side of this and you're, you're good. So that worked out. Good. It did it and here we are. Out. So I have a question because you started out as Liberty for her. Yep. And now you're Liberty Road, and I'm yep. I'm curious for so many reasons why you made that switch. If you don't mind yeah. me asking.
0: No, I don't. So right before COVID, I had wanted to focus the conversations around entrepreneurship to women in midlife, to women. 40 plus. So even those early years that I I didn't think I was in midlife when I was 40, but I was definitely beginning that journey. And the reason was, as somebody who was consulting and working with small businesses, I started to notice two things happening. One was I had more and more women in that 40 plus category who were saying to me, you know what, this may be too much. I don't know if I can tackle this. I think maybe um, I've had my run. We're all good. Uh, It might be too late for me. That was one thing I started to hear and the fear and the questioning that came with that. The other thing that I saw was as I was being invited to be on panels and to speak and even going to conferences myself, I didn't see myself in the room. I saw Uh, a lot of millennials, which made me very excited and very happy for them. I felt like good for us and the generation above us for creating a path for them. And yet, are we done? Like, is that it? We created a path and now it's over? What do we have yet to do? And I was asking myself that question. So really focusing on midlife was somewhat selfish because I was wondering what was next for me and what was left for me. So that was the main the main reason, I think, that I wanted to shift everything. Then COVID happened and it delayed my shift. I felt uh, an appropriate, I think, obligation to clients and people who were struggling during that time. And I thought, you know what, until this is over, whatever over means, I'm going to stick with it. So it wasn't until last February. You were one of the early guests on our show. I think you were in the first five. But it was then that I was like, okay, I'm ready to make a shift. I'm going to completely stop consulting. And uh, with that came the name change. I thought it was important to kind of mark this new season uh, to our audience and for myself. This was was a new pivot.
1: Yeah, so a literal road to... Liberation, exactly. Yes, what we're talking about, literally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, for all, and definitely for those for the women you know below us. I always say, I I view Goodbye Crop Top as a hand reaching back to these younger women, you know, come on, we've got you because no one did that for us. I think I can speak for most of us, so yeah. It's so cool. And then Liberty Road just popped in your head or what? Like,
0: Yeah, I heard again, it, it goes back to clients that I was working with, things that I had been hearing as I was doing my own sort of search, searching. And it was this constant theme of a path or a road. Oh, it's been a hard road. It's mm-hmm. been a winding road. I mean, you joked When you said, oh, it's good to hear your story, it makes me feel better about my story that Mm -hmm. you had been in advertising and marketing. Yeah, Yeah, your road.
1: (laughs) My long and winding road. There's a song about that. Yes,
0: exactly. And there should be more songs about that (laughs) because that's exactly what it is. And we no longer live the life that I think, I'll say our fathers and our fathers' fathers lived because it wasn't necessarily our mothers, but where you stayed somewhere for 30 years and you got a gold watch and you... You know, your loyalty to a particular company was kind of what marked a, a good career. It is a windy road, and it's not going to be any less windy for our daughters, Wendy, right? I mean, the, whether it's the gig economy or just the ability to move about because of technology, it's going to be easier to manufacture work, and it's going to be harder to find through lines in the work that we're doing. So relying on what we're passionate about, relying on something that we want to impact and people that we want to serve becomes really important. Very. The name just for me, everything about it felt um, like it fit. And also I think it's falling in love with the journey, not the destination. Often we get to whatever destination, whether it's you know, having a child or getting married or getting that job or whatever. And you think everything will be completely fulfilled. And then you realize, no, there's more, there's, there's more there. So we must love the journey. We must. Yeah. And so the name just fit. Yeah, it totally
1: does. I love it. And, you know, to your point about like, it's never been more paramount or crucial to follow your passion and really tap into what you're calling is, because I believe most of us have that and ignore it or have been told to ignore it and stay at the job and get the gold watch for all those years, whether you like it or not, is I just heard Diane von Furseberg in an interview and she said, you know, today and now it's all about just making your decisions from the heart, acting Mm -hmm. from the heart, you know, mm-hmm. and from the gut. Like yeah. I you know, I'm sure you talk to your kids about this too, as do I. So okay, I could go on and on, but I, I know we have to spit <laughs> No, I stick love to it, our, actually. stick to our time here. But so and you kinda went you kind of started to answer this before, but I'm really curious because you and I I feel like we have very, you know, parallel similar messages and we yeah. want the same things and why midlife? Like why did you focus on that in particular?
0: Yeah. You're right. I sort of addressed it a little bit up front with I saw a need. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself was kind of questioning that. What is really next for me? And also, you know, I want to be sensitive in the way I say this. Liberty could be a place for everybody to come to. And I could be talking about empowering messages around starting something new, entrepreneurial or back to a career or whatever. But Millennials and Gen Zers and even late boomers, so older boomers, are not asking themselves the questions that you and I are asking ourselves right now. We're not dealing with exactly the same things. We're not in a sandwich generation in the same way. To talk to a millennial about the pressures of whether you have children or, and ailing parents or only ailing parents, or you're, you've been single for, you know, 50 years and maybe you thought that life was going to be different. There are different pain points. And then hormonally and all that too. <laughs>
1: Another episode. Another, yes. another 64 episodes <laughs> yes. on that. Okay. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but to come at that woman and say you can do it yeah. felt yes. a little bit um flat yes. and not it wasn't dimensional enough. Mm-hmm. And I I'll be really honest here. I hesitated for a long time. I was afraid that I was going to be viewed as a dinosaur or it was going to dumb down my message. It was going to dumb down what I thought I wanted to build as a brand, which was something that was much cooler and edgier. And I said this in my interview with you, but it was you and one other woman, Dee Boomkins, who runs Anne Bloom, that I saw what you guys were doing in the midlife space. And I was like, they're freaking awesome. And they're so cool. And they're so edgy. And I want to be in their company, and I want to hear what they have to say. How do I translate the message I want for my community using the realness that these women have brought to the space? And there's nothing dumbed down about their message, even though they're talking about midlife. I feel 100% empowered. So it was really thanks to seeing other people before me do it and this i'm i mean that sincerely i've said it without you being right in front of me i've talked mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. how your platform really spoke to me and i was like how can we build messaging around not just it's not too late but it's all brand new and you've stepped yeah. into your fullness in a mm-hmm. in a really exciting way and 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 you know my focus was really wanting to talk about kind of the what's now what's next mm-hmm. what are you gonna do with this time it wasn't necessarily and I say this with all due respect but we are more than menopause so what are we gonna do with this time yeah. right yeah yeah but we have to deal with the menopause too yeah in that process
1: yeah I have so many thoughts on that first of all I have like a tear in my eye that means so mm-hmm. much to me Netta, because I just have so much respect for you as you know and thank you for that and it's I'm true. glad that you started this and and the louder the voice, the the better, you know. Yeah. I mean, the more of us there are speaking about this, the the better for every generation behind us and and everyone around us currently sure. in the situation. Obviously, yeah. you know. So men anyway. included,
0: men oh, included, yeah, yeah, our yeah. husbands, 100%. our sons, our brothers. Yeah, hundred yeah.
1: percent. And I, I agree with that. I've been thinking a lot about that. You know, men struggle too in their own ways, and it's. Um, that's again
0: another episode. A new agenda here for
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, next time. Okay, so don't think this is the last question because I still have more, but I want to know okay. like and I kind of hate this question, but I I'm just curious like what's next?
0: So I spent the better part of last year just focused on pivoting the brand, literally establishing myself as somebody in that midlife space with a podcast. Really, all I had was the podcast, which we did once a week, and Instagram. That was my focus. And really wanting to just get people to know me as somebody in that space and not necessarily as an entrepreneurial consultant Mm -hmm. or a consultant to entrepreneurs. But I have big plans. And you and I have talked about this a little bit, but you know, it's really I want to build something that's akin to a media company, a platform that offers women in midlife, not just the inspiration to consider their possibilities and believe that they can do something too, which I think is key, but also to equip them with the tools. So I think my focus for this year, what's next for Liberty Road, is more equipping. When you listen to a podcast when you listen to me interviewing you Wendy Eiler and you're like man she's awesome and she started this movement really with Instagram and then she had a long form podcast but she really rethought that and then she came up with this 5 minute concept and man you know if 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 she can do that with that kind of freedom maybe I can mm-hmm. well for some women that's enough for others, they want the steps. Walk alongside me. Help me understand how do you create a podcast? How do you navigate social media when you hate technology? What are, what are the ways in which the women that I'm hearing have done things? And how can you equip me a little bit more? How can you hold my hand just a little bit more, mm-hmm. a little bit further along my road? Mm-hmm. So I think the goal this year is to come up with ways to do that. More content and more more equipping.
1: I love that. Yeah, so we're stay so, tuned. Yeah, I can't wait to see. And we're so Me aligned. either. Yeah, I know. I know. Me, Me either. either. <laughs> no, I said
0: it. I'm on the hook. Oh, Damn you it. are. Oh, and I
1: was just going to say, i we are so aligned in that you know, and I just hope we can do a lot more together, but we'll take that conversation. We will. Okay. So people ask me this all the time and I actually could use some tips. So I'm going to ask you because (laughs) one of my biggest almost fears has been monetizing my business and to each their own. I honestly don't judge, but I did not want to come out of the gate as a brand pusher or I have said no to 90% of brand deals for a for a reason for five years, because I wanted to gain trust. And now I might, I'm, I think I might shift into, you know, kind of a different direction here, but that was really important to me. So how do you, I mean, if you wouldn't mind sharing, like how yeah. does Liberty Road make money? And have you always been okay with that? That's a, if I can add that on too, like have you ever had an issue around, no, I can't take it or I, so t- kind of two part question there.
0: Yeah. So one, I've, I think your following knows that about you and that's why they're a lo- loyal following. And now as you begin to pivot and do what you need to do we need you to hang out for a long time. Like oh. we need you in that space. So the fact that you're finding ways to monetize that, we're all okay with because we trust that what you're gonna bring is something that's meaningful for us.
1: Okay, thank God, because I got my second kid going to college next year.
0: Yeah, so were like, no, for sure, <laughs> I I'm the same. I'm in on. your exact same boat. I've got my second one, you know, anytime yeah. we're gonna hear which school and I'm gonna, we're gonna look at the price tag. <laughs> exactly. So that's one thing. I think that's really important for people to hear that sometimes you have to postpone that so that you can accomplish what you need to accomplish with your audience. Mm -hmm. Really have them understand what you're doing. So you asked sort of two parts. One, how does Liberty Road make money? Let me tell you, I'm gonna talk about the past and hopefully the future. We have not made money to date. When I was consulting... Liberty for Her, so the podcast name before, was really just a way for me to invite people into really cool conversations that I was having with clients, with women I was meeting. And what it ended up doing was it just supported and built my word of mouth business. So it translated by people contacting me and asking for me to become their consultant. So it was almost a marketing piece, unintentionally. Yeah. When I pivoted to Liberty Road last February, pivoted the name change, still just a podcast, not just a podcast, but still focused on the podcast, Um, I decided that I wasn't gonna worry about how we were gonna monetize until I had a better picture of what the big picture was for Liberty Road. What were we really trying to accomplish? And I just needed eyeballs and ears to be listening to what we were doing, to understand the pivot, to understand what we were trying to accomplish. And I needed time for myself to, again, map out what is it that I'm trying to create. So I was okay with with not making money. Now, that means that that was coming out of my pocket, producing it, the platforms that we sit on, all those monthly costs, the awesome team of people. I feel you so deeply. Yes, yes. (laughs) Go ahead. It's it's tough. It's no joke. and And yet because I had a, a longer term vision in mind, I was like, this is an investment. This, I'm not just kind of wandering, paying these bills because I can, because I have really deep pocketbooks. No, the piggy bank is, it's been broken open and it is almost empty. Mm-hmm. So when I talked about the in, in, equipping earlier, that component will have a cost associated with it. So the idea is we have enough free content for you as a consumer, as a listener, as a reader, to join Liberty Road and you know, I wanna have more written content. We really don't have any on the website. It's really a place to house our podcast archives. I wanna have podcasts that people can tune into for free, but I wanna have deeper tools that we can create that are audio, that are visual, that are worksheets that people can download but that will come at a premium. Mm -hmm. And then the trick is I wanna keep that at a really low cost. I want it to be such so accessible to people that they can, I mean, you're laughing laughing because you're right there with me. I'm laughing because you wanna give it away
1: for free, but we can't anymore. No, I can't,
0: (laughs) I I can't. I wanna keep it at such
1: a low cost, I mean, like free, but I can't, like, you know, you can't. No. I think this is really important to address here is that it's okay. To want to monetize things. I mean, I'm talking to myself, right?
0: No, it's hard. I didn't mean to derail you there, but you're validating what I think I feel and so many of us. Like Yes. And when it Well I I I know why I know why. I know Uh, why. We know Well no okay, now I'm curious why.
1: Well, I think that's how we've been taught. Like, you know, it's just it's a it's a generational thing too, because my daughter has no problem, you know. So I'm glad I've at least maybe
0: put the smoke yeah. in mirrors at least to
1: show her differently. <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> no, I I do think there is a generational piece to it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Why do you think?
0: Well, I think that you and I are similar in this way. We've built this for our friends, virtual or otherwise. Mm-hmm. We've built this for our people.
1: For a necessary community yeah. that didn't exist, right? Five years right. ago when I started, wasn't there.
0: So if you feel intimate with that community, it feels weird to ask them for money yes. because, to your point, like we've been trained, so that's not polite. So I think that's one thing. That's so true. But I will tell you, I have happily given a lot of money to people, to women, to teach me things that I know. Mm-hmm. So me too. Yeah. So I yeah. need to do. I need yeah. to do the same. I need to do the same. I need to return the favor. And the people, you know, it won't be me doing the teaching. Let me just say that. I view myself as truly wanting to be the CEO of this brand and to be the vision caster for what we're creating and the knowledge broker. Like I know that our audience needs to hear from Wendy Eiler. So I have Wendy on the show. Like I mm. I know the people that I need to bring
1: yeah, same.
0: into the playground. It's a visceral right?
1: IQ. Just right? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I don't need to be the person who's offering the expertise. No. So my goal is to bring those people together Yeah. for you to trust me yeah. and what I've curated and to be willing to, to pay for that. Yeah. So they'll look like, you know, I don't mean to be vague. They'll look like uh, monthly courses yeah. you know, that are very accessible in terms of price. And I, I say that not because I'm afraid to charge something meaningful, but because I want you to get in the habit. I want our audience to be in the habit of wanting to learn. We yeah. know that longevity is tied to learning. Mm-hmm. We know that longevity is tied to curiosity. So if I'm telling you as a brand, or if I'm asking you what now and what next, and I feel a responsibility to keep you curious, to keep you engaged, to mm-hmm. keep you educated about yeah. kind of what's going on and what's potentially going on in your world.
1: I love so. that. I love that. You and I are are curators and aggregators. We're not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not mm-hmm. a psychologist. People ask me all the time, what about my depression? I'm like, look, I can't, I, you know, I'm not a yeah. doctor, but, you know, I bring them in.
0: yes. And you qualify them, and
1: I qual oh, big time,
0: right? And yeah. you
1: know, I can tell you a lot of things, but the, but but all, there's a, also a lot I can't. So anyway, I love that. Okay, what has launching Liberty Road and kind of going down this path? Two part question. Yeah. What What has it taught you, mm-hmm. and what's been the most surprising thing about it, or have there been any surprises? Yeah.
0: So I have been this I've learned this in the last few weeks actually as I've been doing the financial modeling sounds very boring for
1: that actually makes my heart beat fast in a bad way <laughs> <laughs> like I can't look
0: at an excel spreadsheet financial modeling anyway but what it is let Go me ahead. just be yeah. because I think I was I was with you until I realized that in order to accomplish the bigger picture I'm gonna need to raise money. I'm gonna need to go out and ask some people for money. Because like I said, the piggy bank Mm -hmm. has been broken open and there's nothing left. And I've always sort of prided myself, and I don't know if this is good or bad, but like I did it alone, I've come here. Well, yeah, I did, but I didn't necessarily build something that required any investment. I'm not going to a VC firm. We're not talking about $50 million. We're talking about under a million dollars. We're talking about raising something that can help me realize the vision that I'm casting. I have a great team of people. I want to empower them financially to go do great work for this vision. So I need to raise money. So I literally had to sit down with pen and paper, forget about an Excel spreadsheet, and just say, okay, if I charge this, over the course of 12 months to this many people, what's that number? Okay, if I continue to do that and grow my readership base, my listenership base, my social media base, then more people are gonna come on. Okay, what's that growth rate? All right, let's call it 10% every year. Let's call it 25% every year, depending on what it is. Where am I gonna land? So when I talk about modeling, it's understanding how the business will make money And then literally in rows and columns, plugging in those numbers so that I can show somebody, hey, look, in five years, we're gonna actually have some real money here. I'm actually gonna be able to build something that's sustainable. And it was necessary for me to do that because, and this is the answer to your question, it was necessary for me to do that because I wanted to get in front of people and believe with all of my heart that I could actually accomplish what I said I was gonna accomplish. Now things happen, life happens, circumstances happen, and investors know that when they give you their money, there's a risk. But I wanted to mitigate as much as possible that risk for them and for myself. So it required me doing this. Well, I kept doing this over and over and over over the course of the last few months of last year because I wanted to be ready to start raising the money come January. And I found out something about myself, Wendy, uh, and this is to answer your what did you learn. I am bold, but I am not without fear. Mm. And my sort of ability Mm. to cast a vision and to tell other people you can do it and to step on a stage and to talk and to start a podcast when I have no business really starting a podcast and all those things are acts of boldness. But I wasn't afraid to do those things. Those things are natural for me. But modeling numbers and getting in front of somebody and asking for money for a business that lives in my head is terrifying. And I had to make that distinction and I had to realize, oh, I am afraid. I am afraid, but it's not gonna stop me. I have to step into 2023 with a resolve that I'm afraid, but I'm going to do it anyway. And we've we've all heard that. like All these famous people who've done successful things wasn't without fear. It was they took the fear along with them. And actually, you, in my interview with you, quoted Liz Gilbert saying mm-hmm. to tell fear to get in the back seat. Has to be right? there. Right?
1: It has to yeah. be there because it's yeah. a driver, but it, yes. has to, it has to sit in back and keep yeah. its mouth shut. Exactly. So <laughs> I did say that.
0: You did say that. We've quoted it, I think, on our YouTube channel or something. We have that clip of you saying it because it was so profoundly important for me to hear but I for other people to hear so that's what I'm that's what I that's what I've learned about myself that there's a distinction and I turned 55 on Sunday
1: happy birthday double Nichols. thank you
0: yes my kids are calling me nickels um <laughs> to learn that about myself now was startling it was like oh there's something about me that I didn't really know in a profound way mm. I, I would never have said that about myself. Yeah. I, I view myself as very, like, I'm a risk taker, I'm, and I was like, oh, I'm afraid. I just, I didn't know what I was afraid of, but that's scary for me.
1: Yeah, we are so similar. I feel like yeah. this is therapy for me. Like, okay. I feel like this is a free therapy
0: session. I'm gonna send you the bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and I'll pay you happily. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You, oh, you asked another part of the question and I already forgot it. it was
1: is, Any surprises? Oh, Has anything surprised you? Yeah. You know, I don't believe good and bad because it all happens, yeah. you know, as it should, but it, it, any surprises, I guess.
0: I mean, I think what I just said to you is probably a surprise. So the one thing I would say is the thing that I say to other women when I believe it to be true. And I found that out about myself. I'm actually very equipped to do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: to run this thing. Yes, I'm you are. I'm very equipped.
1: Yes, you are. Stamp. Yeah.
0: yeah. For me. I, and I and love to that. to be able to say that, not with like, it's, there's no arrogance. It's not cocky. It's it's not empty. I actually, I am. I've done these things. I know these people. I know how to think this way. I Yes,
1: you do. And I yeah. love that. Did you see that recent Snoop Dogg thing where it's like, it's yes. all me and I. Yes, and I'm yes like, I have. We all know need exactly to what you're drink that about. punch because yeah. there's nothing wrong with saying that. Like, yeah. And I am here to tell you that yes to all of those things, Netta. Mm, yes, thanks,
0: Wendy. Yeah, Thank you.
1: of course. Okay, so I think a lot of people sit and they think, "What's next? What's next? What do I do? How do I get started?" You know, like whatever that may be. I mean, what's next for them? So. I think just for someone who is sitting there not knowing where to begin, mm-hmm. whether it's career or exercise, you know, whatever, I think that yeah. can relate to, to most things. So what would your tips be for any <laughs> listeners today, you know, on how to begin,
0: where to yeah. start? I'm. I'll start with the things I have to do myself and and it's also advice i gave a lot of people i consulted with and that i have even given friends i think along the way but i think it's to to begin with the end in mind where do you want to see yourself and i don't care what that is if it's your physical health if it's a relationship that you're in with your children with a partner with a friendship with you know siblings your parents begin with the end in mind what is it that you want to see changed new, different, um, started, and reverse engineer your steps. Mm -hmm. Okay, now what is it gonna take for me to get there? I think that's one. But I have to say this as a part of that, then take that very small single first step.
1: Yes. Right, I was because just you waiting can waiting for you to say that. Yeah,
0: you can plan and you can goal orient yourself and you can get the calendar that you need and the journal and the you can have all the things and those mm. things are important. I don't, I'm not don't mean to diminish them, but the act of just doing that first thing, which can be the scariest, is the thing that's necessary for a couple reasons. One, you need that momentum. You know, whatever we learned in physics, the mm-hmm. thing in motion, yeah. the inertia, the laws of inertia, whatever. Um, I think that's one thing. The other thing, the, the other part of that is once you begin moving, once you take that step, you start to be able to self-correct and shift and pivot. And y- y- all the things that you were so worried about happening, half of them aren't going to happen anyway. And the that's ones right. that do, you kind of, you know how to respond to. You You know how to... Course correct if needed. So I think it's where do you want to go? Start with the end in mind and then take that that small step. I will end with this because this is something that I have not done very well. Fail fast and pivot. Like go for it, try it, give it a shot. Didn't work for you. No problem. Move on. But move go. on. Yeah, just move on. Let it go. We're not here to get it right. We're here no. to get it done.
1: Yeah, that's so So true. And I cannot tell you, all of you today listening, how many times I've failed and pivoted quickly. Yeah. Again, today was something. Today, like, and you think you're on this, it's the story of my life. Like that didn't work. Okay, shift direction. That didn't work. You thought that was gonna work. And you just have to keep going, you know. Yeah. I keep going, keep moving. Small things, habits you know, but you're so right. I think that is just absolutely great advice. Fail fast, and move on. Yes.
0: Yes. And it's a great thing for us. I mean, I'm telling my kids all the time, don't worry about it. Just, mm-hmm. you're curious about it, give it a shot, mm-hmm. you know? And now you know something about yourself you didn't know and you can move on or about other people or whatever. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, guess what I'm going to do now? <laughs>
0: I know. You're going to do the thing that I do to people. That's, that's what I'm going to do now. No. Rattles them. God, you're too smart.
1: <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm going to put the fast five questions back right. on you. All right.
0: I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you sure? Okay, I think I gotta so. Look at these, I, think. I don't have okay. them rehearsed, which is hilarious.
1: Okay. Yeah. Tell us, <laughs> I'm not really a hacks person, but, yeah. but there's really no better word. Tell us a favorite hack or a practice that's changed your life as of late
0: okay, I'm not going to give anything that's businessy. You hear me doing that a lot. I'm going to actually give you something that's changed my life. So the last quarter of the year, um, it's probably in combination with menopause and just general health, but I really decided for the first time to really kind of get my head around taking care of myself. And I don't mean like, Okay, I'm gonna, you know, cut out gluten for a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. I've done those things. It was really like, how do I need to eat that nourishes my body where I feel good? And so I started doing a very plant-forward sort of diet and diet meaning I know you mean in everyday
1: practice. Yes, not not a yeah. yeah.
0: I started walking every day, almost every day. If I only had 10 minutes, then I would only walk for 10 minutes. If I could walk for an hour, I'd walk for an hour, just at any moment I could. And I started to f- also focus on carving out time for myself in, in the better part of the day, like where I had energy, not at the end of the day where I was binge watching and like, you know, sitting on the couch, but carving out time for myself. It could be as simple as, I, you know, go buy flowers for myself or whatever. All these things that I, and I'll be honest, I'm ashamed a little bit, but I would mock a little bit the self care sort of thing. Like, I don't have time. I got three kids. I got a house. Like, mm-hmm. I, I got a job. I got a business. And I felt it. I felt it in my physical body. I felt it in the way I was standing. My hips hurt. My knees hurt. My gut hurt. I looked tired. I looked grumpy. Something needed. Something needed to give. So I think it was really just learning to take care of myself. I, this is I'm a terrible fast five person. I'm sorry. It's taking <laughs> yeah, it care of good. myself. We're, <laughs>
1: we're the slow five people. <laughs> yeah. Slow five here. We're going to change. Sorry, them. I'll yeah. be faster. Hey, it's really your show. Even yeah, though, yeah. Even literally, I'm right? My, <laughs> my stake in today. That's good. Yeah. So taking care of yourself. I like the movement whenever you can.
0: Yes. Ten minutes.
1: Move. 5 minutes. Yes. Both, whatever. Like just that's I think that's a really good tip. Okay. Um give us your the book recommendation that comes to mind at mm. the moment. And maybe you know, for way for women over 40 since that's kind of who we're speaking to today.
0: Yeah, gosh, you think I've Okay. So if you weren't the one interviewing me, I would have said Liz Gilbert's uh, Big magic. Big magic. Uh-huh. But you're interviewing me and you already said that, so I feel like I'm cheating. I think you. I um, think we can say it twice. Can we? Just get it in there. I <laughs> literally, the I listened to her when I, you know, it was an audible version. And I remember having tears in my eyes so many times. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, there. she was just time and time again hitting on some sort of creative nerve, something that I hadn't felt seen or understood or heard or something in myself, I don't mean by other people. And so that one was a really important one to me. I will say I'm listening to Michelle Obama right now,
1: mm.
0: her book and the segment on fear where she's talking about fear and for obvious it. reasons, yeah. because I just talked about you know, being confronted with my own fear. But it has really resonated with me. It's maybe like chapter two. It's early on. I can't wait to read that. So, yeah.
1: Good. Two good ones. Okay. One piece of advice you would give to a woman starting a new venture.
0: I feel like I gave
1: it. Yeah, I feel like you kind of did too.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I'll just reiterate. Start with the end in mind. Focus. Take one small step and fail fast. That's so good.
1: If you were... Mentoring your younger self, young meta mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think I know the answer to this because you're doing it every day, but what would you tell her about midlife?
0: Yeah, you've got time. you've got time. keep doing it it doesn't it doesn't end whatever that dream is, whatever that thing you want to accomplish, whatever that thing you want for yourself, whatever you feel called to move toward that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I have a daughter, and so it's I don't even have to think of my younger self. I just think of her, like, what am I saying to her?
1: Yeah, same, I get that. And
0: I wanna say with the midlife thing, we keep hearing it's not too late. And while I believe that, I do think that there's something beautiful about the sense of urgency we have. We have, you and I both have friends that have passed. We have people around us who didn't get to wake up to another day. And that sense of urgency shouldn't instill fear in us, but instead it should help us qualify our yeses and our nos. It should mm-hmm. help us make smart decisions about how we want to spend our time. Yes. And so that's the, that's the beauty of what midlife brings, is yes. that we're getting really crystal clear on what we want to offer the world, enjoy from the world, and leave the world with.
1: Say yes, say no. I yeah. mean, Yeah. Yeah. So true. All right. Last question. Okay. <laughs> and you've already answered this in a way too. You already beat me to the punch here, but um, I know. how has launching Liberty Road or how has Liberty Road liberated Netta Jones?
0: Yeah. So no matter, you know, I would answer this differently at every sort of turn, but I think I gave you the answer earlier when I realized that I'm I'm capable. I'm her, I'm the one that's supposed to do the thing that I have this vision to do. Mm -hmm. And that is incredibly liberating.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen to your callings, people. They're so real. They are. Yours is real. You are so kind and aware and smart. And I just love being in your presence.
0: Thank you. Talk about therapy, man. Thank you Wendy for doing this. Thank you for spending this time with with us, not just with me, with us yes. because I think our listeners get to see you in in a different role and will be even more excited to go listen to your podcast. But also, I think so many of the things that you brought up are the things as they listen to you and I saying, "Yes, we both struggle with that." Mm-hmm. I think that people feel validated and then can act as if anyway, can move forward anyway.
1: Totally. That is what it's all about.
0: So Liberty listeners, thank you. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Check out Goodbye Crop Top, (laughs) all of it on Instagram. And is it goodbyecroptop.com? Yes. It oh, is. Okay.
1: We're working on that right now and updating the website. And then Cropped is my five-minute podcast. Yes. My new season launches the 23rd of January. Oh, awesome. And we're starting one episode of the four-ish per month, which will be a celebrity or a guest. And it's five questions in five minutes. And
0: Oh, that's um, cool. So,
1: yeah. So that'll be fun. That's very cool. Same five questions, different person, different perspective every month.
0: All right. It's a wrap. We'll talk to you guys next week. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping your ventures. Liberty Road is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Joy Windham and music by Jordan Flower.